Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts, where your daily dose of cricket handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and Andy is at the dentist. He would rather go to the dentist than do the show with me, which I'm not saying is something that bothers me, but it feels kind of it like It bothers you a little bit. I can tell. It does. I can tell. It does. It's okay. You can say I'm it. always this excited to have, to have Matt here on the show, and he's a clean shaven, Matt. Your face looks all – I can see it. Yeah, you know, it's just – Sometimes the beard gets a little bit long and a little bit itchy, and I just went for the went for the whole thing, and it, it, it grows back within like two or three days, and it'll be fine. But it just felt like time, felt like time to just kind of give myself a little bit of a fresh start, reset on the beard. Well, it's nice to have you here. And what did you watch last night? I know there was hockey on. There was a little basketball. Did I intrigue you enough to watch any tennis? You know, you always do, and then I just kind of forget that it's on <laughs> at night if we're being totally honest uh yesterday was kind of checking in on hockey scores and then honestly just like just a little break from from sports for a little bit just some some regular tv watching around bouncing a little bit but i was i was keeping up with my hockey bets uh we went we went one and one that's fine we'll take it the maple leafs did not cover the the one and a half they won in overtime but the over hit and oilers cracking five to two so we'll take i'll take a one and one night how about you how did how did our tennis bets do that i forgot to watch I think we were two and two, two and three last night. We did win both NBA bets. So overall, a pretty okay. good day. And it was nice because they got through all the tennis. And I slept through a lot of boring matches and got up this morning to watch Danielle Collins, which if you caught the intro, that was Danielle Collins trying to figure out that her match wasn't quite over yet. It's always fun <laughs> when players don't quite understand the rules of their sport. Yeah, I was uh, I was kind of just tracking that. Dan was talking about it in uh, in one of the Slack channels this morning and sent out a tweet from the BetSports account. That was funny. That, that's just good stuff right there. Oh, it is. If you haven't seen it yet, I'm sure it's floating around Twitter. It's a pretty funny reaction. Um, for those who don't know, in the final set of a Grand Slam, if there's a tiebreaker, it goes to 10 instead of the normal 7. So when Collins gets to 7, she drops her racket and starts celebrating, and um, everybody else just sort of continues on to the next point, and she's looking around and doesn't quite understand. So it's pretty funny to watch. But, I mean, the only other time I can remember that is when Donovan McNabb was, uh, it had to learn that football games could end in a tie. So that's always very interesting. And we might as well talk a little football. We've got these Super Bowl odds. What do you we think? Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Let's just get to it. Who's going to win the Super Bowl, or who do I want to bet to win the Super Bowl? You know what? Either Let's way. Let's start I with think, who's going to win. I think it's we'll kind of like, I feel weird betting on Brock Purdy still, but, like, I, I can't go against the 49ers right now. Like, we, Andy and Drew talked about it on the deep dive, and we had a really funny clip about them talking about how he was going to – uh, mess his pants in the Seahawks game. And then he kind of did that in the, on the first drive and a little bit in the first quarter. And it didn't really matter. Like San Francisco found themselves down a point at half because Seattle played a, almost a perfect half, at least off, like, I thought they played fantastic and they played as well as they could. And it was a one point lead going into the half because San Francisco committed a dumb penalty. Then they come out and Brock Purdy just yeah. took a deep breath and he's fine. I don't know, like maybe the last test is a playoff game on the road, which they, you know, if they beat Dallas this week and then Philly moves on, they'll get that and we'll see. But like, I'm having a hard time going against the 49ers right now. And I, I'm interested to see how the Eagles look this weekend too, because obviously they were the front runners all year and they, uh, they led the NFC all year, but they haven't really been able to have the chance to put it all together since Hertz has come back because he missed the time. And then they played a giants team that was, you know, resting all their starters so i'm intrigued to see what they look like kind of back at you know week off full strength full go again those are kind of the two teams i'm taking a look at i do like the Bengals value i will say that at plus 750 
Yeah, it's tough though with the Bengals again. They got to be on the road the rest of the way, and it's true. Uh, that could be difficult. I mean, the Bills look pretty solid, but I think you're right based on kind of what we saw. If Purdy could just be calm and not lose football games, a team is pretty spectacular, and I think it says a lot that they're a short favorite here over the Eagles. That's going to be a weird game for Philadelphia. I mean, uh, they haven't really played a game of football, like a serious game of football, in a, in a month. I mean, they yeah. did play the Giants, but all Giants backups. So curious to see what New York can do and. If that game starts a little clunky for Philadelphia, there's going to be a lot of nervousness in that stadium. So I think you're right. The 49ers are pretty good. I might poke around and look for like a 49ers-Bills exact Super Bowl, um, the Berman play, if you will. I like that too. I think uh, I'm intrigued to see how the Bills look this week. The Bills just can't play a normal football game, which is something that's, you know, interesting come playoff time because sometimes you just need to win the boring games, do the little things right to beat good teams. And they just can't like the Dolphins game. They should have done that. Then they started kind of shooting themselves in the foot, and then they let Skylar Thompson back into it. It just seems like whatever they're doing, they're not playing necessarily normal football games. I, I'm really intrigued by this Bills Bengals matchup because obviously we had the the beginning of it on Monday Night Football. Unfortunately, everything turned out okay, and Demar Hamlin's okay. But now we get the real rematch, but we get it in Buffalo and. I would expect probably, I mean, they said DeMar Hamlin's been in the facility all week and basically he's been there every day. So I would probably expect he's on the sidelines too. So that's going to be, you know, a really fired up crowd and team. See how that game starts. It's That's going to be a really intriguing matchup. Yeah, I'm curious to see kind of how that goes. And I, honestly, it didn't even occur to me until he said it. I forgot that that was, that was the game. Like, I was yeah. just thinking about it as Bill's Bengals. It's amazing how short-term the memory gets. But, yeah, it should be fun. And, again, some nice big numbers there at the bottom. I don't think we can play any of those. But those are happening for a while. Make sure you check out the deep dive and all that stuff to hear more about the games. I'm sure Andy will have a bunch of stuff for us tomorrow. And um, we'll probably touch on it Friday. But – we're in the third round of the Australian Open, Matt. We finally got some stinking tennis done last night, despite the rain and the fact that tennis people, for time. some reason, like getting the courts wet and then trying to dry them as opposed to keeping them dry. And I'm not going to rant about this, but I think it's very silly. But that it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it's not like grass where you need to, you know, actually water it to keep it alive. It's right. Am I? Okay. All right, it's, it's very I'm just going to defer to the expert here. I complained about it on Twitter last night. We'll continue to complain about it until I have to stop watching people with towels dry off a tennis court. It's very – just see, there has to be a better way, people. But we got through some tennis. We're into the third round here. Lines are actually opening right now. Got most of um, those numbers up. Four bets I like basically right now. Again, starting a little bit early. These should be open pretty much everywhere by now, but if not, in the next few hours for sure. Um, we'll start with Lauren Davis playing Elise Mertens. Um, Mertens beat Mukarutsa there in the first round, unfortunately for us, but um, looked pretty good. Was playing some really competitive tennis. Lauren Davis is on an absolute tear. Um, won Hobart, the tournament before this week, has looked great in her first two matches here, and expect a really competitive first set here. This is another one where, um, again, I look at the total. It's 21 and a half, headed to 22, and we get a chance here to bet the over nine and a half at plus 100. I have this at, you know, closer to minus 120, minus 125. Could even make a case for maybe a 10 there. So happy to grab that. And then another first set over here, Anastasia Potapova. One first is an underdog, which is great. Goes up against Nuria Patisaz Diaz. Um, one of the many upsets last night. A lot of big favorites got knocked off. Rafael Nadal goes down, and Patisaz Diaz took down Bianca Andreescu. Again, 
Um, both women here play a really exciting brand of tennis, push the ball. Um, again, expecting this is what I'm going to try to stack up when it opens up a little bit later. I think there's a good chance we see a 7-5, again, maybe even a 7-6 there. So nine and a half at standard juice or better looks pretty good. And then two money lines, Olms Jabor here. Um, trap lines don't exist, but if there ever was one, this sure is. Um, Olms Jabor is the number two seed in this tournament, the number two player in the world, and she's just minus 130 against Marketa Vondrasova, who I've talked about a couple times over the last month, has won a lot of matches, but her best win, you know, is a player ranked in kind of the 40 to 50 range, um, Annalena Kalanina, and just stacking up a lot of wins against lesser opponents. Now, Jabor hasn't played fantastic tennis, but really like the way she closed out her match um, in the third set there, struggled um, in the second, was able to get it back together and, and look pretty good here. And again, I don't really rate a lot of the wins that Vondrasova has over this last month. So I have this closer to minus 170, minus 175. Maybe I'm not adjusting enough for how bad Jabor's looked kind of the last couple of weeks, but happy to play this at minus 130, minus 140. I'll scoop up the small um, underdog here. Not going to play with a spread or anything like that. Just give me the money line. And then Madison Keys, we've got an outright on her, um, but happy to double down here. Um, short underdog in this match. Um, forgetting who her opponent is. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Victoria Azarenka. Again, uh, somebody we've had success going against a little bit. Haven't bet against her in this tournament yet, but everything points to Keys being a favorite here to me in this match. So happy to take her, honestly, to plus anything. So plus 110s are out there, plus 115s. It all looks good. Short underdog, a short favorite, a couple first set overs, and Maybe some more stuff, but we'll see how the day goes on. You can check um, all my picks through the link on my Twitter there. there. There's nothing more like confusing or stressful than looking at one of those lines. Like you said, like that's a trap, but I love it and I have to take it because it's like you're just on edge all day until that game starts or match starts. And then you're watching the match. It's, it's an it's an uneasy feeling. It's nice when you hit it, but it's always like, what am I missing? Because like, I'll, I'll make the bet and then I'll even start exactly. trying to deep dive and look into it more. It's like, all right, what still what did I miss? Why is this only like? I do it all the time with college football, and then a lot of times it'll come back to bite you. But it's like, why is this team only a three-point favorite? It makes no sense. Exactly. You're trying to figure out what everybody knows. And again, I think I can kind of put together the story of why it's this way, which is why I'm yeah. happy to do it. Like you said, if I can't figure out why the line is the way it is, got to let it yeah. go. And it's nice when you can to... connect the dots because there are times, like you said, where you can. It's like, you know what? I still don't think, I still think this is going to happen. Looking here, Jason Coogan asks, you know, what do you think of betting um, just the Bengals money lines instead of their futures? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I saw that. Double That's... check that math, but the money line rollover is often a better path than um, taking the futures because uh, the futures kind of put in a little too much juice. There's a higher vig in that market in general, mm-hmm. and you're looking at maybe like a hundred and. 30 percent ish hold somewhere in that range versus like money lines again it's only maybe a four or five percent hold so i think that's a good idea again it's and it's great that way that's exactly what you're doing right it's you know any outright is just a parlay so think about what the pieces of the parlay might be put those together versus the price so good job there jason figuring that out i like it i do and you like hockey too so let's bet some I hockey do like what hockey. do we got here uh we got we got three bets team total under uh well you know i went with the value and i'll explain the team total under bet as well (laughs) i i you can probably tell that my my bets are a little bit out of order in terms of time because the last one i threw in out of principle so i'm going to start there because penguin senators is the first game tonight at the seven o'clock eastern six o'clock my time um the both of these teams have been pretty streaky this year um ottawa has been one of the they're under 500, but they've been a team that like they'll go win four out of five and then they'll go lose five out of six. Then they'll win two out of three and then they'll lose three out of four. Like there's not a whole lot of, it's a whole lot of back and forth. Um, 
they're they've lost three of their last four and this is kind of me banking on a pittsburgh team who has also been streaky uh but bounce back they, they seem to be kind of entering one of their you know win four out of five type streaks uh it, it's some really really good value at plus 205 pittsburgh's a better team than ottawa they have been all year uh, they're not as good as the start that they had, but I still think they are absolutely a playoff team or a team that's going to you know be in that race till the end. So we're going to take them at plus two hundred five on the road, laying the one and a half. I just I saw that two hundred five number against an under five hundred team that's you know lost three out of four, I believe. We're going to roll the dice with that. Uh, then we're going to pop to the top here: Bruins at the Islanders. Boston's the best team in hockey. They're thirty-five, five, and four. Um, they are ridiculously good. They don't let they don't let in a lot of goals. They score a lot of goals. We're going to take them at plus one thirty-six, uh, minus one and a half. The Islanders, I believe, lost like four out of five. They after a pretty good start, they're kind of falling back into the team that the Islanders team that uh, we've been used to, one that doesn't score that many goals and kind of needs to win these two to one, three to two type games. And I don't think Boston's a very good matchup for them there. Uh, and then the Sharks and the Stars going the team total under because we're backing Dallas's goalie, Jake Ottinger, who I don't know if you remember me talking about him a decent amount last year during the playoffs, Um, but he was, they lost in seven games in the first round of Calgary because he basically won them three games and almost stole game seven, where I think he stopped something like, he stopped like 120 shots in the last two games combined. He was absolutely insane. He was ridiculous. I think it was like something like 56 saves or something in game seven. He was unbelievable. Uh, He's picked up right where he's left off this year. If he's not the best goalie in hockey, he's one of them. He's got a goals against average almost under 2.2. His save percentage is really, really good. Four of, uh, in his last four starts, he hasn't allowed more than two goals, and I think it's been one or fewer in three of those four with a shutout thrown in there. Um, the Sharks are a team that can score, but they're also just not that very good of a team. Dallas is a good team. They play uh, pretty well defensively. They're allowing just over two and a half goals a game. So we're going to take their the Sharks team total under more as a backing the Stars goaltending and defensive situation here. This is, uh, this is your late night TNT game, I believe, too. 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central. So it'll be on national TV if you want to watch it. I like it. Maybe I'll watch a little bit of hockey tonight in between all the tennis and basketball. There's a lot of basketball tonight. I I have a, I have a basketball question for you after your picks because it's going to lead into tomorrow. All right. Well, that's good. There's no bulls game on the slate. So I'll have to quick come up with the first. uh, Well, tomorrow. Maybe I'm not on the show tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay. All right. Well, I'll I'll start to think about that, but um, nine games here in the association tonight. Um, Just two that I like. Again, speaking of trap lines, the Mavericks are only two-point favorites in Dallas, um, hosting the Atlanta Hawks. I can't figure that out. Happy to pass on that one. Wizard Knicks, all that the numbers came up pretty close to mine. The Rockets are home underdogs, which is always appealing to my eye, but the Rockets have just been quitting in fourth quarters. Might go back and add a Houston first half, but we'll see how that number shakes out. Uh, Grizzlies-Cavs should be a lot of fun, but uh, Grizzlies' big favorite at home. Looks like a lot of guys will be missing for the Cavs. Heat Pelicans looks kind of fun. Maybe a bet on the Pelicans a lot a little bit later. Um, Nuggets on a back-to-back. Can't really touch them as big favorites. And then maybe a Lakers bet. But every time my model likes the Lakers, I feel like I should throw it in the trash. So two bets I actually made here. We'll start with the Pacers. Thunder under um, Indiana without Tyrese Halliburton. He is the main driver of their offense. Um, one of their leading scores, if not their leading scorer, um, their lead assist player there. I mean, really is the, st- uh, the straw that stirs the drink. I mean, he's kind of everything to that team, and they've really struggled to score without him these last couple games. Oklahoma City at home has put up some big numbers here. That's maybe my only concern. Maybe Oklahoma City just scores 140 points and kind of gets this over on their own. But I've played at a slower pace here. Um, Indiana's been pretty good defensively, and I think what they'll try to do is take a little bit of the air out 
of the ball tonight. Rick Carlisle's a solid coach and knows how to do that. Um, you know, regardless of the stylistic points, my numbers came out closer to the mid 230s here. So happy to take under 240 or higher in that game. And then a Jazz team total over. Um, the Clippers here on a back-to-back loss to my Sixers last night. Curious to see who even plays for the Clippers, but the Jazz, even without Laurie Markin in this last week or so, have been comfortably putting up a lot of points at home, shooting the ball really well. Maybe Markin in plays and this number looks even better. Maybe we have some people after the Clippers and this number looks even better, but even if we have Kawhi and Paul George tonight in Utah, no Laurie Markin, and I have this number at 118 and a half, almost 119. So we'll take an under in that Pacers-Thunder game and then a Jazz team total over. 116 and then who do the bulls play tomorrow i I like those looks i actually might parlay those together uh the bulls play the detroit pistons and i I have two two questions one one's a request when i tune into the show tomorrow if i can get a bulls pistons first basket prop for Alyssa, that would be i think she'd appreciate she's in france covering the game so i'm not sure she's going to be watching but uh, i i would like to relay that to her because she's she's big on the bulls first basket props um, so they're but, they're playing in France, by the way. I hadn't gotten in, that far in Paris. Yep, tomorrow. Ah, in Paris. that's what Aya Desumno was doing there in the middle of the week. <laughs> yeah, that's why you're seeing a, a bunch of bulls Wait, in I, front I, of I the Eiffel tweet, Tower like, on social media. Don't they have a game tomorrow? Like, what's he doing there? Yep, it's a, it's a game in Paris. Um, my other question is: do, do you ever have to travel for for work? And if so, do you ever travel internationally? No, no, no. Never, not for work. If you anyway. were traveling internationally for work, do you think maybe you'd check like to see setup. if you you have you'd have your passport maybe like a couple weeks before you go, especially if you knew about it for a while, like you knew this was coming. This wasn't like a pop up. Hey, we need oh. you in Paris. This is a hey, it's you know June. We're going to Paris next year. Maybe check your passport. So I have actually done this a week before I was supposed to go to Canada for a trip during the summer. I um, thankfully I did it a week before I pulled out my password and see like, it's good. No, no, it's not. Um, and had to basically go into town and pay whatever the fee is to have it expedited or whatever. Yeah. So that's ex- some sort of horribly long line. It takes, you can get a passport in a couple of days, but it costs yeah. you about 150 bucks and eight hours of your life. Well, it's, it's funny you mention that because um, Alyssa is there with her, her mom and her sister, and her sister had the same issue like two or three weeks before, realized the passport wasn't valid, so she kind of rushed it to get it done. Fine. Got it done easy, no problem. But Pistons big man Jalen Duran might miss the, pa- the Paris game because he lost his passport. Not like You think maybe a month ago you, you, you check the drawer that it's usually kept in, and if it's not there, maybe you start you know looking around a little bit. And then if it's really not there three weeks later, you let somebody in the Pistons like travel department like, hey, I need to get a new passport. I lost mine. You think maybe? Maybe there'd be – it feels like definitely his responsibility, but his agent, the team travel secretary, everybody has done a bad job with this because, oh, that's – but the, the team travel, I mean, you don't know that there wasn't, but I feel like there should be a company-wide email going out to everybody, players included, starting at the beginning of the season. Like, hey, this is a list of things you need oh, to go to Paris. Worse. Yeah. So I, that's just <laughs> that's something that a uh, tweet that I saw yesterday that started going around that is just absolutely hysterical. Well, it probably so won't make a huge difference with all due respect to Jalen Duran, but that's pretty probably embarrassing. Not. You think, I mean, it's... I'm well, you know what? It, it might, because the, when the Bulls play these terrible teams, that's usually when the game seems to be close and they actually end up losing. So this could be a game that the Pistons could actually... Well, maybe they don't want to win because they're tanking. Now, I will say it's an interesting choice by the NBA to try to increase French interest by sending the Pistons and the Bulls over to Paris. I get the, I mean, I get the Bulls. Bulls. 
Well, I get the Bulls because they they did this what was it twenty whatever years ago, and they still have a big footing uh, like fan base yeah. over there because of the Michael Jordan days. So just like the brand, people recognize the Bulls. But like, how is that not like Bulls Lakers or like I don't Bulls Knicks or Seventy Sixers beat over to France? Yeah, like, yeah. like mm-hmm. that seems seems like a miss on sending the Pistons. Well, you know, they had to send somebody, and Detroit isn't that busy anyway, so we'll see. All right, I'll get you a first basket score prop for on the show tomorrow. And Love that. If anybody knows where Jalen Duran's passport is, please let him know. He's looking for it, and we'll see if he can make it. Otherwise, that's all we got here. I don't think there's anything else we got to cover, so thumbs up. Give us a comment. It doesn't even have to be a good comment. Just dump it down Any there at comment. the bottom. We love it. It's all good. So we'll be back tomorrow. Maybe Andy will be back. We'll see how the dental work goes. Until then. <laughs>